When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now is time for speculation, Denny. All right. What do we think Vale is doing? I think whatever artifact he's acquired, he is seeking a way to use it. Yes, yes. He's... It took him a very long time to find it. So we can assume that he knew what it was when he was looking for it. And... We're assuming that he found it because of the accounts of his confrontation against the Mariner. But we must also think about that there is a rumor that he has fought the Mariner before. Never mm, that one. So, he faces the Mariner on personal terms. Wounds, possibly the Mariner. Wounds. Wounds. So, he has some measure of control over it, but not enough that he is announcing himself to the world as the figure that he intends to be. Or if he wanted to do that, he would have done it so far. He would have, the moment, I cannot believe that the moment he doesn't have control of that is not the moment he will go after whatever he wants. Right, right. Why bide your time? There's no reason to. So if he is biding his time, it means there's a reason. He is acting in some level of coordination with the Tempest Armada. He accepted a worse deal in order to gain some kind of favor with them, reestablish some sort of relationship, but not in whole. Maybe their ideals are not aligned anymore with their purposes. They might still very well be part of the effort to take down the Syndicate. The Armada, well, here's an interesting thing. If you're a man who has a mind to take down the Syndicate, and you have Weave, why not build ships yourself? Doesn't have the capital for that. So the Armada builds the ships. They swell their ranks, and who knows how they swell them. That, I think, we will see in a few months' time. If we were saying that the weave itself could tip balance of power, even amongst the young bloods. hence Tiberius going for it, then the Armada getting a hold of it and tipping the balance further in their, in their direction is significant. By all rumors, they have a hundred sails under their command. The syndicate itself has over a thousand, but not all those are military vessels. No. And many of them, I can assure you, are not very well applied. No. And no one can be everywhere all at once. If you had significant warships, you could pull and move vulnerabilities within the Syndicate, especially because the Armada runs its own supply. Mm. I would say the Armada gaining serious victory in a confrontation with the Red Feather Syndicate has never been a question of gaining a few more sails. Sifa has built up her network and slowed the advance of the Syndicate and has bided her time for quite some years. And part of that, I like to think, is thanks to my own effort. Mm. Why? I've captured many a pirate and shrunk their number considerably. At least where it counts. 
So, the Tempest Armada is working on something that they believe will truly allow them to strike against the Syndicate in a new way. Do you think it's something more than just new ships? I don't know. (sighs) This is the trouble. Do you know much about warfare? (laughs) Uh, Full-on warfare, no. I've never been in a war. Well, no one has, Denny. But... Historically. Historically. I know... I know that I've studied a couple of ba- different battles. Well, I've been let, in a couple of fights. Let me open you to the art behind warfare. War is not typically won in battles. Battles are significant. Battles are important. But what a war is is how well you can supply and crew. Mm. You need to be able to get supplies to places in order to hold them. And you need to be able to maintain those supplies, especially after you've taken over an establishment. I believe a reason that we haven't seen a real advance from the Tempest Armada rather than this slow building up of resources over time is someone like Sifa knows that if you're going to destabilize and take down the Syndicate, you need to be able to strike at the heart. Do it in a way that truly breaks up lines, Mm -hmm. that makes it so that this side won't want to work with this side, that sort of thing. That's why she hasn't captured any territories. That's why there's no home port that the Armada has beyond few rebellious patches like Ungoni and such. So, they believe this is a significant opportunity to actually be able to build a ship with their weave. 15,000 bars from the Armada. That is a considerable offer. Mm. So they bide their time to create their ships and plan, and Oromar bides his time so that he can gain true mastery over the artifact that he tested against the Mariner. So is it this, then? You know about the change, correct? In the, in the times before. The change between artillery. Uh... Go, go on. So at one point, when it came to long-range warfare, siege warfare, catapults, things like that, they were effective, but only to an extent. Right. It is the advancement with gunpowder that changes that. And because that changes, everything else changes around it. Armor, warfare, all things, because of the new weapon. Is that what's happening here? Could be. Is Sifa preparing for war? But Oromar is preparing the gunpowder. Interesting. Perhaps, perhaps. (sighs) I think this puts us in a place where the sooner we find him, the more likely we won't have to contend with the artifact that Mm. he holds. We don't want to give him time to figure out what it is and therefore destroy us utterly. If he can contend with the Mariner and... By all accounts, the there were not many from the Uhuru who directly faced the Mariner. No. All reports say it was some measure of Oromar and the boy, and there are a few other accounts, but less less than a handful of people faced the Mariner. So the artifact is quite dangerous, and of the utmost importance, and if we can seize it, that would be a bonus. All right, all right. We have our picture. We are still waiting for sightings, but we have an inkling of why there have been no sightings. We need to know more about Acheron. We need to know what happened to Acheron if if there is any explanation to be found. Indeed. And if Ormar went there, why? Yes. Something to do with the artifact? Possibly. Acheron... Acheron has one major export, and that is griffin feet, Mm. which could be related to any manner of building of military prowess. Uh, Truth. Having a good aviary stock is wise, and I think aviary ships are 
perhaps more valuable and true open combat than a ship loaded down with cannon. That's very true. I would rather have a cavalry of birds than 60, 60 cannons. Right. <sighs> Denny, I'll confess, I'm getting tired. Of? Of thinking today. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. We, we have new missives to go through, and I'm sure we'll find more information. But I'd rather, I would rather take some time to get to know you, Denny. What do you want to know? I sought you out for a reason. You're very good at what you used to do. And by my estimation, you're good at what you do now. But I'll confess, I'm not quite sure what that is. Well, I'm not rightly sure myself so far. Denny, I have many in my command who speak very highly of you. That's good to know. And those, those gentlefolk are the reason that you are sitting here now. They overcame my own stubbornness to convince me that you would be a worthy candidate to lead a force. Well, I would hope that my conduct over the last month has proven that, but... It is indeed, but you know, Denny, you haven't spoken to me through much of that. Most of the social time you have spent mixing with the crew and rabble and working, Denny. That's very important, Olivia. I have come to know your friend, dear Allegrea, more than I have come to know you. Mm. Do you remember one of my first lessons in my classes about logistics? Is that a trick question, Denny? Uh, it's an honest question, if you remember it. I remember most, if not all, of my lessons, but when we first met, I did not think anything you taught me important enough to attribute it specifically to you. That sounds about right. When it comes to your crew, they are your biggest asset. More than your boat, more than its specs, more than the weave. Your people are what keep you going. They need to know that they trust you. Not the mission, not the flag you fly, but you, personally. If you hit a maelstrom, it's not that. It's not the boat, nor the flag that will get them through it. It's you. Well, I... That is why I keep a measure of operational crew aboard every ship. Yay, but do you know their names? Well, those that I've hired, yes. The ones below them? The people that are doing the work? No, Denny, no. I... Listen, I know that we have butted heads in our past, but you, you must know that some things, some orders I have to make, those people are paid very well. Their families are very well cared for. Those people may die. Indeed. And if they will, and if they are to die, they should do it knowing your face, knowing that you cared. Oh, Denny, that's tiresome, tedious. No, absolutely not. Those people do not fight for me or my mission. They fight for their families and homes and livelihoods. They should fight for you. That's what I'm saying. If they do a thing, they should believe in it. If they don't believe in it, we don't want them on the boat. But they believe in their lives, Denny. They believe that, that that's enough. That is enough. I have faced many fearsome situations. I know what it takes to succeed. My record is proof enough of that. I will admit that. What I am saying, Olivia, is that you should at least care. All right, Denny. How about this? I will agree to offer some measure of care, and it will start with you. All right. I shall get to know you, and you shall get to know me. Everything starts with the first step. Olivia walks around the desk uh, and leans down over where Denison is sitting and reaches a hand out and lightly, like, starts to caress the side of his face. Mm -hmm. What's the matter, Denny? Are you afraid? Uh, he pulls back from that. <laughs> oh, Denny, you are exactly how I remember you. So stuck up. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, he pulls away and he just looks at her for a long moment before he goes, what do you want, Olivia? 
You want to get to know me? You want to know who I am? Indeed, Denny. I need some of those walls to come down. I am happy to let some of my walls down, Olivia. But not that wall. Denny, it was a joke. I don't think it was. Well, if you'd care to find out, I have a game that we could play. Sounds like fun. Olivia goes over to the liquor cabinet and grabs out a bottle, uh, like a carafe of, of wine that is in like an elaborate glass bottle and two crystal glasses. She clinks them together and they ring with a disquieting, sonorous quality that fills the room. It almost makes you feel unbalanced in your ears, a a binaural sensation. She steadies them and unstoppers the wine. Denny, tell me, have you ever gone to the well? Only once then I am sure you will be inclined to return once again for me. For you, Admiral, I will. And this should fit well within your terms of exchange. I'll reiterate now. Denny, this glass is yours, and this glass is mine. We shall drink a toast together, bind ourselves to these glasses through the sorcerous workings of the game. The game is simple. I will ask you questions, and you shall ask me questions. We will do this in turns. You must answer your question honestly. If there is dishonesty in your tones, your glass will shatter, as you have bound your word to it. In kind, I will offer the same in exchange. If one of us should arrive at a question that we don't wish to answer, well, then we concede the game. If one of us should be deceptive in our answer, the glass shatters and the game also comes to an end. Typically, this is a game played with a wager attached. Mm. Now, I'm more interested in what I could possibly learn asking you questions, but if you would like to wager something, I'd be open to it. Seems traditional. Traditional. Denny, you do know my close inner circle. I like to think of them as friends. Indeed. I make wages with my friends. (laughs) And let's make a wage. What do you want? Denny, you're speaking to someone who has all that anyone could ever hope for. I don't believe that. Well, all anyone could hope for that anyone has seen. I do believe that. I shall want you at my social gatherings. Not formal parties or events, but when I take my circle of crew to... Drink and be merry. I expect you to drink and be merry alongside us, if you are on the same ship. I will not hold you to this. When you are operating on your own ships and we are not around one another, you may still go and work with the lower-wage workers, if you so desire. Mm -hmm. But from now on, social occasions and evenings... You will spend with my circle. You will get to know them. In the way, I will point out your friend Allegrea has taken to. Very well. I can accept that. Wonderful. And what would you have of me, Denny? Hmm. What can I offer you? There will come a time when you give an order that I do not agree with. And I have sworn to you. I will follow your orders, but you will listen to my advice. I want to pass on one of your orders. Oh, Denny, that's very exciting. How could I ever turn down an offer like that? Well done. Agreed. Mm. Well then, to honesty and friendship. To honesty and friendship. Once again, the glasses ring, and this time... The sound echoes into their voices and mouths. When they sip, they can feel the tingle of magical connection as the game has begun. Ladies first. Well, Denny, I hope you don't mind me barging right in. Of course not. Were you guilty? Were you a pirate? That's complicated. Because the answer is yes and no. Well, your glass isn't moving at all, so I gather that that must be the truth. Yes, I was guilty. But no, I wasn't a pirate. 
here's a question. Yeah. Does Dennison think of himself as guilty? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The the glass doesn't sound at all. Olivia raises an eyebrow. I would have never pegged you for the mutinous sort. <sighs> Neither would have I in the beginning. Well, it's your play. Are you happy? <laughs> what an interesting question. I think... I think I am self-satisfied. That's not the question. If you're asking if I want to be doing what I'm doing, no. I have grown bored of it long ago. Back when I was young, very, very young, after I had graduated my first four years of campaigns, I was really into it. It was a unique challenge, as I was building the skills and growing into a body that would be able to match my ambitions. Yes, I enjoyed it. Those were very happy years for me. But, as it wore on, the challenge started to wane away. All of the most all of the targets that would be most precious for me were kept away from me, either by the syndicate or there being no clients who were willing to pay the wages that, that Remington would set for them. Knowing that Remington held the keys to all of my greatest ambitions, I lost interest. Never to the point where I'd grow sloppy with my work. I will not have my reputation sullied by a dulling edge of my own steel. But my passion is not there for it. Mm. I think Dennison looks at the glass, looks at Olivia. See, I can be honest. That's good to know. Your turn. Have you ever been in love, Denny? I have. Disappointing. <laughs> Why so? You answered so quickly. Well, I'm in love now. Really? Ooh, now that is a good one. Uh, that's another question. Mm. You're right, you're right, but I can also be patient. Mm. Given the opportunity, would you betray me? Well, the way you phrased that, I think, that to the question that you asked, no. Given the opportunity, I would not betray you. Mm. But, and you don't deserve this, because this is a separate question. Then don't give it to me. No. I feel like you're not clever enough to follow up on it. Very well. I pointed out your foible because I want you to be a good player of this game. Like I said, it's no fun to do things without challenge. <clears throat> Denny, given the necessity, I would betray you. Good to know. Who are you in love with, Denny? A woman in Thornvale. Now, I've heard that name before. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right. At that Swiftwell dinner, which was so charming. Very much so. Thornvale. Is this a place? It's another question. Ooh. Well done. What is your greatest ambition? I want to see what no one has seen. I want to go where no one has gone. There are far corners of sphere, perhaps that exist beyond even the writings of those before the stars fell. The rediscovered world is a small portion of what the real sphere actually is. And, as you know, I have indications of places even beyond that. Hmm. These are places I would like to see, Denny. You've already tasted some of the fruits of those foreign lands. I think at that point we see Denison scratch at his temple where gray hair used to be. Hmm. I want to see them. I want to... I want to know what is possible, what can exist. That can only be done far beyond the confines of even the forest-flung Ching Company map. You want to explore? Yes. I want to explore. Interesting. Your turn. 
I had to think about this, and I don't want our game to end too quickly, uh, so I feel this is the best way to ask this. Why don't I know about Thornvale? Because it doesn't want you to. Interesting. Because frankly, Olivia, it's not for you. Really? Well, I have my answer, and you have your next question. What does kindness look like for you? Mercy, mostly, I imagine. It's the only version of kindness I can imagine. <sighs> Denny, I'm not sure it exists. I've seen many acts of charity, but they're all motivated acts of charity. I have seen people make mistakes that I would like to avoid. And there is much cruelty buried in people's mistakes, in what they think must be done or is absolutely necessary. There's a very clear reason why my outfit and all the Youngblood fleet does not operate the way that the Red Feather Syndicate does. There's a high turnover rate at every level of that organization. It's true. Very few are ever fired from positions aboard my ships. Most unsuitable behavior is met with an early retirement and a respectable pension. O obviously assuming that no one was a spy, which has happened occasionally, and usually even in those situations, those spies can be counted upon to become double agents in our favor. Regardless, I think many of the world's cruelties come about as a miscalculation of practicality. Most people assume that the harshest and cruelest behavior is also the most practical. Mercy, I have found, is something that, that can be employed sparingly and strategically, and often it is a good move for those that you would have closest to you. Mm. Why punish someone to bury resentment in their chest rather than obedience. So, I have been merciful many times in my career, but always from a perspective of knowing that it was a strategically sound mercy, even if I had to justify it to Father or Remington at some point. So, I would say the closest thing that I think most people ascribe to kindness is mercy. But how can that be? I, I feel I feel that it is mostly foolishness when it is not done in strategy, if that makes sense. It does. It does make sense. Well, then it's time for my question. How about? Why do you say Thornvale is not meant for me? You would find it incredibly dull. Really? Very much so. All right, all right. I will respect the secrecy around Thornvale, then. <laughs> you say the word mercy. What does that mean to you? Define that for me. Mercy is to spare one of a punishment that would be expected in any other circumstance. That makes a lot of sense. Denny? Hmm. Why did you fall in love in a boring place? <laughs> now, I know of your reputation, and I will say, you have never struck me as a person who would be lured in by a boring affair. No, of course not. Because a place is boring doesn't mean the people there are. Besides, it's not boring to me. All right, I'll accept that. What's the kindest thing anyone's ever done for you? Remington. Remington allowed me to command the fleets. That gave me a measure of freedom. It was not a power that he necessarily needed to surrender to me. We could have always organized Youngblood estates and affairs in a way that gave him ultimate authority. Uh, I have refused his commands more than once in my time commanding our fleets, always for the better strategic position. 
and there's only a handful of times that Remington has ever threatened to reclaim my command or force my hand. Every time, every time is an act of mercy. Every ounce of freedom is an act of mercy. I have done much in my time to honor the family's name. I have many successful campaigns, and I have done much to sully our name in social circles. And I have been allowed to do these things. He has trusted me for my abilities, and known that it is better to make the strategic decision to allow me my freedom and keep me operating at an acceptable level of independence, because what can be gained is greater. That otherwise, if father was still in charge of the family name, my first few foibles would have been met with me being shuffled away to an area where I couldn't cause too much trouble. Hmm. Perhaps even just the command of a single ship, if I were lucky. Do you mind if I ask a follow-up? After I ask my question, of course. Please. What do you think I find boring? Peace. Quiet. Days that stretch on forever. And the quiet comfort of someone you care about. No yelling. No shouting. Passion, but of a different kind. Even with all our time apart, you are dead on. Good to know that I'm not being misevaluated. You are nothing if not you. Hmm. Well, what's your follow-up? Do you consider what Remington did for you a mercy, then? Indeed. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I have been entangled in many affairs that uh, could harm our reputation. And someone in Remington's position would normally be expected to separate me from positions where those embarrassments could cross the family name. It is an important aspect of saving face in social situations. Remington has to pay costs that are on diplomatic fields unimaginable at times because of relationships that I have sullied or allies that I have spurned. Mm. So, in choosing my freedom, or choosing to allow me my freedom over making a demonstration, uh, making his diplomatic arrangements and business dealings more difficult, he has taken pains that would have been expected for me to take. You see? I do. I just, it's not that I don't believe it. I just don't think it lines up with what you said mercy was. Mercy would have been to kill you. Well, there, there is that, but you'll remember... It was strategic. Strate there is that. There we are. Remington has gained far more with me commanding his fleet than he would have lost if he had killed me or shuffled me off to some nunnery or disowned me from the family line. All things within his right to do. <clears throat> Your turn. All right, Denny. What made you leave the Swift Wells? That's a very good question. All right, Denny. What made you leave the Swiftwells? That's a very good question. I know it wasn't the money. I believe in you, Olivia. I believe that you can be better. <laughs> Olivia laughs. Olivia laughs and downs the rest of her whiskey. Now we are getting somewhere, Denny. What a strange thing. You were really satisfied with the work you were doing there, weren't you? You really loved it. That's another question. Go on. If you could say the word and someone died, 
Name their name. And they're dead. Who is it? This is so hard to answer because to a certain degree I can. You can. I understand that. But it's the person I'm interested in. There's part of me that just wants to name an X or two. <laughs> I don't know the best spirit to answer this question, because there is the pettiness. There's also strategy. There's also honesty. Yes, well... Denny, well, I'm in a position where I feel there are many answers that could be true. I think... There are arguments that could be made for my despicable exes. You're I thinking think too much. There Olivia. are my political enemies. Olivia, you're thinking too much. I'm, um, I'm not asking you to dissect it. I'm asking you to feel it. Who is it? Maybe Remington. Maybe. That's, that's not an answer. Who is it? What's the face? The face when you close your eyes and you're in a rage. That face comes to you. Who is it? Goodness, Denny. You do reveal yourself to be a man at the strangest times. Who is it? No, 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 no. We are going to address this first. You assume very much that I think in the way a man does. I think you think like a person. Denny, all of the faces that I have felt in a rage over, I have either dealt with those feelings through practice of discipline, mm. or I have dispatched them. There are no haunting faces, because I have never met another who is at my level. That's the answer I wanted. But, if I were to change your question, and again, I offer you this freely, mm. if there was a person who would be struck dead, and there would be no strings attached, no complications, that would be Remington. Fascinating. Your turn. How did you survive Anders Rock? And how did you escape? It's two questions. It is two questions. So how did you escape Anders Rock alive? A cat. Olivia squints and looks around, watches the glass. Stone still. Fuck off. The magic says it's real. I know what the magic says. Did it open the door? It's another question. Go on. <laughs> All right. You said you've dispatched everybody who's hurt you or worked through it. Eh? Indeed. Which one did you feel? Every, every ex-husband and wife I buried. I mm. felt those. That was all passion. Mm. I felt those and I carried them for quite some time. Mm. I had the good fortune of encountering a lily, you know. Yeah. And I could be in a worse place than I am. I haven't been married in almost a year and a half. Congratulations. I'm recovering still. The conclusion of it all is, if someone has stuck with me, enough to force my hand, I deal with it in the most appropriate way. And sometimes that is burying them. Mm. And now I am more careful. I am more careful with whom I allow my passions to find. And I am more careful to approach all of my connections strategically. And sometimes that begs mercy. So all of them? You felt all of them? All of the passionate ones. Yeah, of course. There, there's... <sighs> no, that makes sense There's to me. no opponent to... I've never been allowed to fight the people who really matter. Hmm. The, this voyage here is the first time. Interesting. Oromar Vale. And I've nothing personal against the man. It's 
This is a test, a real one. I had tests before, but I can now study them from my position, see them from the future, and know how insignificant they are, even if they felt significant at the time. Hmm. That's fascinating. Your turn. How did a cat get you out of Anders Rock? Magic. My turn. <laughs> you are skating, skating on thin ice. Am I to address you as, as a lawyer? <laughs> I've never been much for the law, or at least the pleading of it. But fine. I'll give you a bit more. You've given me enough. I can, I can be kind and give you a bit more. I don't know how I did it, but I made a pact. Really? Yay. I somehow shared my soul with a cat. I can see that for you. Well, you, you've seen the cat. Oh, yes, that scrappy, scruffy little thing. Lysander. Yes, 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 of course. I don't know how I did it, but I did. We... Their life is mine and my life is theirs. And it's still with you. Well, all right. There have been some good benefits to it. Some drawbacks here and there. But... Certainly. Well, huh. All right. That's, that's all I can get from that. But thank you for being civil. Of course. <sighs> Purely speculation on this one. But let's say you're not a young blood. You're Olivia. You're born normal. Just like everybody else. All right. And you have all the freedom to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But you have none of the obligation of it. What do you do? Olivia thinks for a moment, and her eyebrows go up. Her that There's surprise on her face. I think I might be a corsair. Interesting. It's... A matter of following the logic of it. I, right now, have been given the position that I've been given through a need to defend capital. Uh, there are all sorts of enemies that the Youngbloods have who need to know that we have a strong hand, uh, both from corsairs and, of course, other privateer outfits and the Red Feathers themselves. They need to know that we are strong, and so I've made myself strong. But knowing all of my capabilities, knowing the ways in which my heart follows passions, I would be called to the sky. It makes sense that I would be called to the sky. And looking at that great wide world, I suppose there are two possibilities. One, I just climb aboard some ship and sail off. But I could very easily see myself like the Bandit Queen or Oromar himself, finding the biggest enemy one can point yourself at and seeing if you can topple it over using the whole weight of your soul. Hmm. Interesting. And if it ever came to blows... I know from a pure numbers perspective, uh, the Youngbloods would not be able to destroy the Syndicate outright. That's a bit beyond our scope. Mm. It, it, it makes more sense for us to be allied for the time. I have considered certain worst-case scenarios. I have gone through different plans and, and whatnot. I've seen... In my mind's eye, what could possibly be done. It doesn't... I have no burden of wrongdoing from them, really. Our interests have been aligned, and although they have crossed the young bloods, it's never been severe enough that we've needed to make a demonstration of anyone apart from individual captains, you see. So, so I don't harbor that as a goal in my current state. But I imagine if you're born outside of all the capital I've been born with, I imagine the Red Feathers would have done something to cross me at some point. And it would be within my ability and power to 
find a way to take them down. Or at least it would be fun to find out if I could. Hmm. Your turn. Have you ever been married, Denny? Oh. No. I guess I'll have to wait for the follow-up then. <laughs> I've been in love plenty of times. But never married. Never felt right. Do you believe in marriage? I do. Funny enough. I believe there's something in forging your soul to someone else. And you've chosen a cat. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess so, some way. But not in, in a magical way, just a way. All ways are magical ways, in some <laughs> manner or another. Yes, you're right about that. You are right about that. I'll ask you a question I've asked before. Not to you, but it's one I use a lot. Yes or no? Yes. Denison looks at the, at the glass. I don't think it moves at all. Hmm. Fascinating. I feel like you could have predicted that. But it's nice to hear. And no. Really? It is. Why? Why not? Why not what? I thought you were telling me that your answer would be no. Oh, depends. Did, oh, I've misread you, Denny. I apologize. <laughs> what were you saying? They had, the question is yes or no. Yes. And you said yes. Definitely. And I'm happy to hear you say yes about that. And so I'm going to ask you yes or no. No. With a question like that, you know? No. Well, I'm going to pick at that, you better believe. And I'll pick at your yes for quite a while as well. How quick it was. <sighs> Hungry. Indeed. Where are we in the questions at this point? Is it my turn? It's, it's on you, Mr. Right, Dennison. See Dennison take a, another, another drink. <sighs> beyond your ambition, beyond the things you've said, beyond throwing yourself at Oromar in this way, in all the ways that it would help you and raise you up, besides all that, why are we doing this? You've taken most of the reasons out of the equation. And it's usually when you sift through all that, that there's something at the bottom. I want to know what it is. Denny, when I approached you with this proposition, I did so in full honesty, knowing that if I were to withhold any information from you, you, would, you wouldn't have considered anything I had to offer you. That's very true. My position is true and clear that capturing Oromar Vale will be the feat which finally convinces Remington that I am allowed to explore. He will be able to replace me effectively enough in my absence, and I will be free to do what I want and see what I want. Anything would be worth earning that. In truth and full honesty, and perhaps this is a good answer to your question, or a better answer to your question, I have no desire to chase down Ormar Vale anymore. That was my ambition some time ago, but I've been kept from it long enough that I had to fill the space with something. To be truly and fully restrained from taking on the challenge, eventually the only way to best it was to convince myself that the challenge wasn't worth my time. Mm. I believe with a deep certainty that we will be successful in our operation that Ormar Vale will be captured or killed by my hand. And after that, I will be able to go on my way. And that is the only reason to do anything. Mm. That's enlightening. 
Why no? <laughs> For a question like that, why no? <sighs> no takes discipline. She rolls her eyes um, and sits back and drums her finger on the desk for a minute, pours more uh, uh, whiskey for herself and goes, of course, of course. <laughs> Have you ever been in love? And love, not infatuation or passion, I'm talking love. Willing to give up everything for someone, love. I think Olivia immediately says, well, yes, of course. And her glass splinters a little bit. Doesn't shatter, but splinters. <clears throat> well, hold on. Come now. Magic doesn't lie, Olivia. Oh, that is... Ooh. But I it doesn't shatter. Feel... So... Mm. What do you feel? I... <sighs> First of all, first of all, mm. I think that love does not require sacrifice in, in that way. Interesting. To give up everything. Love requires you, in fact, to be who you are. Agreed. If you are willing to sacrifice that, you are not in love. And so, I feel that I have been in love within the tolerances that did not call for me to sacrifice myself. But apparently, something disagrees. I wonder what it is. The disagrees, I mean. I don't know. I'll have to find a parlor about it. <laughs> well, you've, you've won. Oh, I would then. I thought it would have But to... if I'm allowed a question. Why not? As a consolation. Let's see. Well, now I'm in an awkward position, Denny, because I do feel that I've gotten to know you, and it is important to me that we leave this room as friends. But the only way that I am going to be able to claim my prize, which I find quite valuable, is if I ask you a question that you would refuse to answer. Well, Denny... You asked me a question earlier, and I gave you a complete answer that outstripped the one that you sought from me. Truth. And so here we are. Show me on the map where Thornvale is. I think Denison takes the glass. Tips it over. As I said, Denny, I would only betray you if called to do so. I know that was too much to ask of you. I knew it from the moment you were cagey about the place. I would never demand that of you, and I need to assure you that that is the truth right now. Of I believe course. That. But I am not willing to sail with you if you will not drink with me and my friends. I will do that. We have tied. Thanks to your generosity. And I will remember that. It's a kindness. And I should hope that I have shown you how I am willing and not willing to be merciful. And that should make it easier to act under my command. It will be. I have learned a lot. I look forward to discovering your disobedience later. Hmm. <laughs> I think there's a, a scratching at the door mm -hmm. at that point, and uh, Dennison gets up and goes, hold on, let me get this. And he goes to the door and he opens it and there's a black cat sitting uh, at the door. Psst. He snaps his fingers and Lysander climbs up his pant leg and up to his shoulder. Ah, yes, your wife, of course. Yeah, this is Lysander. Olivia approaches uh, and like, goes to allow Lysander to, like, uh, smell her fingers, uh, and maybe, if Lysander allows, uh, give her a little scritch on the head. I think Lysander goes for the sniff, and then when Olivia puts the fingers forward, leans back. Ooh, cautious. I appreciate that. Good match for you, Denny. Thank you. 
No, if you don't mind. And he like grabs his coat off off the peg there. I've been of work to do before the uh, last bell is called. Of course, I was going to retire, but of course you see yourself as having more work to do. There's a bit more work. You know, Denny, I'll make this offer here, not in jest. If you'd like to retire, you would be welcome to. I think Denison takes all that that implies with him and looks at Olivia, nods. I'll keep that in mind. God, you're unlike any man I've ever met. Ooh, I hate that. But that's also why I'm here. Yes, it is, Denny. But it's also boring. <laughs> boring in the ways that you appreciate, that keep everything nice and civil and not exciting. Well, I have a feeling, Olivia, that by the time this is done, it'll get very exciting indeed. I should hope so. Olivia goes to ring a bell on the wall in that in that style of bells that we have in Downton Abbey. Oh yeah, yeah. There's got to be a system like that rigged up on a you young pull a little, ship. Little thing and it rings a bell. Yeah. Well then, Mister Silas Dennison, you will have to excuse yourself. I have company coming immediately. Of course. Oh, and uh, tell me eventually, does Robert end up with? Susan? It's not scripted. I know it's not scripted, but has anything happened with that? Robert and Susan are both, they're captured by passion and also moored by complacency. Mm. I believe they will dangle on that thread for as long as we will allow. And what about Adam and Robert? What's going on there? Robert is a blind man. Mm. Blind in the ways of the heart, uh, pick an organ. Mm. That's why I like him. Yes, I know. He's very popular with a certain set. <laughs> we see Dennison put the coat on, and Lysander uh, crawls up onto the shoulders and drapes themselves over uh, Dennison's shoulders like a, like a scarf. And Dennison goes, I'll see you tomorrow, Admiral. See you then. And uh, you do have liberty to use one of the griffins to dispatch messages to your... Uh, your love back home. I appreciate that. All right. Dismissed. Thank you. And he goes on his way, and Olivia shuts the door. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Tyler is on strike alongside his fellow members of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. You can support Tyler and other striking artists by contributing to the Entertainment Community Fund, linked in our show notes. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at PhantomArtsENT, or streaming at twitch.tv slash TheNeonCaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at DreamsToBecome or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Lunarum. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight. Health to the strangers.
friends who've ever been kind And once for our friends ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky In the universe of Star Wall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Starwall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Ali Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice of life and high-flying space fantasy. You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Starwall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more.